This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found modern mammals and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. Welcome back to another episode of Lead Singer Syndrome, a podcast where I, your host as always, Shane Told, speaks to other lead singers about what it's like to be the front man or front woman of a professional rock and roll band. Today, we got a great episode. It's funny, you know, I finished doing this episode and AJ said to me, Dude, I think you got more out of me than anyone ever has. So definitely, this is a must-listen. If you're a fan of The Dangerous Summer, if you're not, stick around anyways, because The Dangerous Summer is one of the most underrated bands of the scene, maybe, ever. But I got great news for you. They are back. They have a new record. They've recorded. I've even heard it. It's amazing. They've played a couple shows, and there's going to be a lot more to be announced super soon. So... Get excited. Get excited for this episode. It's a good one. And thanks again to AJ for uh, for taking the time and really pouring his heart and his soul and his, his honesty into this episode. I really, really do appreciate it. Before we get into that, again, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to my show. If you like it, go on iTunes, write a review, preferably five stars. Tell your friends. Let's help spread the word. That stuff all really, really helps this show grow. We've got a lot of really great guests coming up. I can't spill the beans on who they are just yet, but uh, we're approaching episode 100. I'm excited for that. And um, really, it's just amazing when I think back, 100 episodes. That's I never thought... You know, I would be doing this this long, or this. So many of you people would like care about this show so much. So, thank you for being here. As always, if you want to get in touch, email address super simple leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I check all of my email. I am not great at writing back, but I do read it all. And of course, we're on social media. Uh, we got an Instagram page and a Twitter and all that stuff. And of course, if you're interested in more than just the one episode per week, don't worry, the podcast will always be free. But if you're interested in more, more stuff, more content, more access with me, um, 
hanging out with some of the other fans of the show on a Facebook group and even in person. We're doing that now. Check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. The link for that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. In other news with me, I'm heading over to Germany tomorrow for a 14-day German-exclusive Silverstein tour. Headlining, it's almost all sold out. If we have any sinners in Germany, please, please pop by, say hello. Um, I love meeting fans of the show. I love hearing about what your favorite episodes are and all that stuff. So please, if you run into me in public or at a show, definitely, definitely say hello. And, of course, Silverstein, we have a new record, Dead Reflection. It is out now. Go give it a spin on Spotify or, or pick up the CD or whatever it is, however you listen to music these days. It probably is not a CD, but hey, rest in peace to those plastic discs. Anyways, let's jump in. Here's my chat with AJ Perdomo of The Dangerous Summer. And there is something in your face that pulls me Hey, what's up, man? Hey, AJ. How you doing, man? Good. How you doing? Very, very well. Very well. Never nice. Better. Never better. FaceTime audio, man. I like it. It's Yeah, it's good. A lot of people even... <laughs> no, a lot of people like even now in whatever the fuck year it is uh, still don't know about it. And it's like I use it all the time because uh, it, you, it pretty much uses, da- it uses data, um, yeah, yeah. but not very much. And it sounds so much better than a phone call. Oh, does it? Nice. I yeah, like it. Yeah, it's way better. So, hey, um, well, dude, so good to have you. Um, big news, your band, The Dangerous Summer, is back. We're back. Yeah, we are. You're back. And um, first of all, that's great news. I'm a huge fan of your band. Uh, hey, thanks, always man. loved you guys. And um, was sad, you know, to see you guys kind of wrap it up in what seemed like kind of right when you were just kind of hitting your stride. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we we fell apart, man. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah, and four years ago, and yeah, now we're back, man. It feels good to be back. I'll have to say that. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I know, I mean, I, I know when I when you gave me your phone number and I texted you, I saw a California number, so I assume you're living out on the West Coast. Um, yeah, you have, you have yeah, a child. Yeah. You have a child now. I understand. Are you married? I do. I do. Uh, what's going married. on? What's going on in your life? Yeah. So uh, married. My, I have a daughter Luna. She's three years old now. And actually, so yeah, I live out in Burbank, suburb of Los Angeles. For people who don't know, and uh, it's kind of like the nicest place I know out here, just because it's like it reminds me of home. Like it's suburby. You know, there are lawns and you know right. little picket fences and stuff you know it's it's not like super city mm-hmm. so i like it out here but actually so in october i'm i'm headed back east i'm kind of headed more back into the band world you know like we're back i'm gonna go home and regroup and head out on tour hopefully for the next year or so <laughs> so i mean first question like what the fuck have you been doing for the last so couple I, years i got a nine to five job i kind of fell into like uh it's like cinema world. Like I work for like a cinema technology company. 
Okay. And it in like the service department, like cameras and lenses, like super high end stuff. And yeah, I don't know. It's just like a normal nine to five. And yeah, I, I kind of left music for years, you know? <laughs> well, you know, I don't have any kids. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 36. I still have any kids. I'm not married or anything, but, uh, you know, I, I hear from friends of mine and people that it really does change you and change your priorities. Is oh, that what 100%. happened to you? You had, a, you had a, you had your daughter and then all of a sudden you were like, well, my band's kind of a struggle. I'm kind of not exactly loving it every moment of time. And I have this beautiful baby girl. I want to spend time with her. Is that what happened? Yeah. Is that, exactly. that must have been a big part of the demise of the band. Yeah, that that was a big part of it is like, yeah, and I have read about it, like the way your brain changes naturally. Like when you have a child, it's like, you know, I, I kind of went into straight like defensive mode. I was like, I need to go home, you know, I need to be with my family, you know. And like uh, I had some rough situation in my band, like uh, with with the one guitarist. And I like thought to myself, I was like, I don't want to bring her into this world that's going on right now like right. we're in such we're in such like a dark place you know as a band and totally it is is the way everything was headed it was just like i needed to like get away i need to go home and take care of uh, my family and and so i did and it's like you know they say everything happens for a reason it's like it had to have happened like that you know like all the all the shit we went through you know like it's it's all necessary to get to where you are now you know isn't that amazing? That's that's the thing, right? It's like, you know, I'm sure if you had it all again, you would and, you know, knowing what you do now, you'd do things differently. But that doesn't necessarily mean you'd be in a better place right now. That's, exactly. That's the incredible part of that. And it, it really like there's there's I'm sure there's people much smarter than you and I that have written books about it. But it's, Oh yeah. <laughs> but it really is and like I- it really is a mind fuck when you start getting into it. And like back to the future. I mean, that's the perfect idea of it. It's like, don't totally. fuck with it, you know, <laughs> like stay to the path. Although they did fuck with it and it like turned out to be a good ending. So <laughs> it's, it, it's not like the best way to say it. But, you I know. don't know. I, like back to the future part one. Love it. I'm staring at my yeah, bookshelf. Yeah. I have the box set over on my bookshelf. Big oh, fan. I love it. Love it. Huge fan. Number yeah, two oh, yeah. is great. But the ending, what the hell? There, oh my God. There's not even I an ending. I love it. You love no, it? But How it goes I into love, the third one? I love that point. Okay, when the dude from Western Union shows up and he's like, are you Marty McFly? That is like one of the best parts of cinematic history. I love that part. It's like, what a genius who came up with that idea, you know? <laughs> oh, I, absolutely. But no. It's, but then it's it's just, t- it did take a crazy turn, like, in did. the other direction. <laughs> it, it did. And yeah, the third one is... A- I I'll admit I don't throw it on as often as the first or second one, but yeah. Um, but hey, yeah, no. Uh, shout out to Michael J. Fox and uh, my Canadian brother. That's right. Oh, he's Canadian. Nice. Oh yeah. Well, see, that's the thing about Canadians is I'm Canadian. I don't know if you knew that, but uh, I did know that. Like, okay. Yeah, I knew you were Canadian, and actually, I saw you guys live like forever ago with uh, Comeback Kid and Rise Against. Oh yeah. Like way back in the day, that was like what, like seven years ago or something. It was like that? actually ten years ago. It was two thousand seven. Wow, man! And that was sick. And they're Canadian too. Comeback kid. They are. We just played. Yeah. A sh- we just played a show with them on Saturday. Isn't that weird? Oh, I love them, man. I I used to love them so much, man. <laughs> they have a new record. It just came out. I think on 
like two weeks ago, and it's awesome. Oh, really? Nice. Check, yeah, yeah. Check check it out. That's a question for you, though, right there. Um, over the last four years, you know, obviously, I'm sure you know a lot about the latest film technology and cameras, and I bet the the next Dangerous Summer video is going to look great. But um, have you been keeping up with like music, with the scene? Because a lot of people they they get out of it and they just sort of like they just turn it off because they're sick of it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, like I never was too involved in like keeping up with bands in the scene anyway you know like i uh i feel like we just kind of ended up here like i listen to lots of like really mainstream music you know? like like i love like kings of leon and taylor swift like i i've been listening to them for the past four years and the national you know i love the yeah. national and uh i mean it, it's it's like rare like i find like some innovative ass band which actually, yesterday I just found this band, the band Camino. Everyone should check them out. They're fucking killer, man. <laughs> I saw you tweeting about them. Yeah, 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 dude. What a fucking good band. It's just like you know that. Uh, like sometimes I look at our music scene, like, man, you know, like people need to like try harder. You know, like make cooler stuff these days. You know, like some people kind of are, are stuck back in time. You know. Yeah, I think a lot of people are, are don't want to stick out their neck. Uh, you know? Yeah, that's, you know, that's that's part of it. I think like it's easy to play it safe a lot of times. Um, you know, especially now because I don't know, man. It's like it's 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 the time. Like I call it the it's the it's the era of YouTube comments. You yeah. Know what I mean? Oh my god! And, it, it and is. I just had the, the episode I just put out. Well, I don't know when we'll put this out, but one or two weeks ago, um, you know, I was talking to the guys from We Came as Romans about how. We're pretty sure some people make YouTube comments without even listening to the song. <laughs> you know what I mean? They, they, people just no, have something 100%. set. Something ha- they have something set in their minds that they're just going to say it, and it's like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Anyways, so you think like people would be like, "Well, what the hell? Let's give it a try." But so no, often things come out so stock. Oh, I know. Yeah, one hundred percent. And what I think, like, I really think, like, the way we're headed with this future is like. People care more about a single. Like, a band will just release a song just to, like, get it out, get it on Spotify, you know, do the whole, like, yeah. Spotify playlist thing. It's less about an album. It's like, you know, like, growing up being, being like, our age, like, we remember CDs. These kids don't sure. know what CDs are. They're like, what the hell is this? They throw on Spotify. They want one song from a band, you know, like, they'll throw it on some big-ass playlist, you know, and, like everyone's becoming like more casual listeners. Like it's it's hard to capture it so hard anymore, you know. Well, you know, I think that this stems, and this is something we could talk about all day. I really want to get to more. <laughs> I want to get some more stuff about your band and you guys being back. But but I will touch on this really quick while we're on yeah, the topic. Yeah. I think that when record labels started freaking out, when when downloading became so prevalent, and and bands yeah. were still selling a ton of records. Like even when you guys put out your first record. Bands were still selling like a lot of records. Oh yeah, but, but yeah, but, we relied on it. But that was the time when, uh, you know, the ninety-nine cent single became a thing, and the whole music industry model for fucking decades was: you promote a song, you put it on yeah. the radio, you promote a video, but you sell everybody a full-length album. So you yeah. promote you promote a song that's like three minutes, but you sell them a forty-five-minute album. And, they, yeah. and you sell it to, to them for whatever, 15 bucks, 10 bucks, whatever it is, right? Now, you're basically screwing yourself because you're, 
promoting a song and you're selling a song and that's it. And everyone gets yeah. what they want and they don't have to buy the whole record. So all of a sudden you're losing 90% of your sales. Right yeah, there. it's the damn truth, man. <laughs> and, right, and that, but then, th- then the other thing is it hurts the artist so much too because you talk about now with playlists. So you have like some kid, say music fan, loves music. He's got a playlist yeah. and he's got like, let's say he's got 20 bands on his playlist. Well, he's got 20 songs that he likes. When that band rolls through town, is he going to go see them play for two hours for to see the one song that he knows? Yeah, no. Hell no, he's not. So so it, oh, it, ca- it creates such a problem with, with bands because it used to be, okay, hey, you love you love that song in the radio by Def Leppard, Pour Some Sugar On Me. Love the yeah. song. Well, you buy the record and guess what? You love all the rest of the songs too. They become your yeah. favorite band. You wear the t-shirts. You know what I mean? You, you read the interviews in the magazines. You become a fan. And yeah. now th- there aren't as many fans because like, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's why I think... If you start going down the road of trying to promote singles, fine. You might have some big songs, but that's not yeah. going to make your band any bigger. 100%. I believe in that. There's rant over and rant. Yeah, but that was it. Like, you really ran through the whole system. That was pretty good. I like that. Well, good explanation. <laughs> well, thank you. I mean, I, I do this every week. I've figured out some things myself. Uh, yeah. You know, but, but he, I mean, back to my question I asked you, um, you've been out of the loop a little bit. Like, the music the music industry has changed. Spotify oh, way out of the when loop. you guys put out put out a golden record, yeah. Spotify wasn't a thing. That was your last album. It was not a thing, and now it's a thing. So, what are you? Have you thought of this? Is, is your is your have you wrapped your head around this? The fact that like basically you're not on Earth anymore. You're pretty much on Mars. Yeah, it, it literally like coming into this like when we were getting back together like. My manager was like, listen, like things are different now. It really was like waking up, you know, in another distant time. And it's like, this is what we do now. It's not like you said, it's not about album sales anymore. Like even like Hopeless, they they said to me, they're like, yo, we're not going to print that many CDs. Like, you know that, right? And I'm like, (laughs) what? I'm like, what the hell? They're like, yeah, they don't sell. I mean, like try to sell these fucking things, you know, it's all about vinyl, you know? And so they're like yeah, let's get in on the vinyl and then, you know, get on Spotify playlists. And it's like, what the hell happened? Like, it all sounds backwards, you know, but I'm interested to see, you know, like I can't wait to dive in and see what happens. And honestly, like, is you like, see, there's like, there's this giant revival of our scene and this music. It's like everyone in the community, it's like coming up now, you know, like with things like emo night and all this, like, like it's kind of like the subculture has a new like breath to it now. Well, I've always felt like the Dangerous Summer was a little under the radar, um, and now especially I'd say your first record has become kind of a classic. Like while you were, you know, hibernating, um, you know, focusing on other things, I feel like a lot of people discovered uh, all, all of your, you know, your. Oh, hello. I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry. What's his <laughs> but, or her yeah. name? Uh, Taylor. Taylor, beautiful. Yeah, named after Taylor Swift. Oh boy. Hey, Taylor. But um, uh, so, yeah, no, you, like you're 100 percent right. Everything's so like you know. I think uh, I think a lot of bands from my era though, like we all kind of like ran out of steam, you know, like like I was up there with like 
you know, go radio. We are then crowd, like all these, all these bands, my age, that were kind of doing things like we were trying to peek into the scene at a very weird time, you know? Mm-hmm. And like all of us just kind of like fell flat at the end of the day. You know, we all like broke up eventually. And I feel like we kind of missed these two gaps of time where it's like, yeah, there was CD sales, like in the, you know, two thousands, early two thousands and up. And then like, there was like, this whole Spotify thing going on now, it's like we were in this weird gap, you know, right in the middle. And I think all of us, we didn't know what to do in a lot of ways. Like none of us were getting that big or to the next level. Right. You know, could be there. But you guys have been given an opportunity now. I mean, you guys went away and you broke up and it's like sometimes breaking up can be the best thing you, you can do. Oh yeah. And now your music is just there. It's like, it's, it's, it exists. You guys aren't putting out new music. It's just there. And a lot of people have discovered it. A oh, lot yeah, of yeah. people. So talk to me about that because, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you're still on Twitter. You're still seeing people being like, oh, my God, I just like I just found out about this band. And you're like, you know, I just heard Permanent Rain for the first time or, or whatever. And this stuff has been happening. And, and you're going to find when you start playing shows, you're going to have these new fans that have never heard your band, never seen your band before. Yeah, that is a surreal thing. And honestly, like, one of the things coming into here is we're like, we have no clue how big we we are right now. Like, we're just going <laughs> to yeah. go out there and see what happens. Because, I mean, yeah, it's been like four years. And, uh, dude, look, all these new fans that discover us, it, it's crazy. And and a lot of them discover us because of, like, things like Pandora now, you know, and Spotify radio. They're all... Uh, they're all finding this new like music discovery avenue where it's like, yeah, you hear like the permanent rain will pop up and they'll be like, Oh, I'll check out this band. And I think a lot of our newer fans came up that way. And yeah, they, they haven't seen us since we've been gone for four years. Totally. No, it's, it's, it really is. It really is a crazy thing. So, uh, you, you named your dog, uh, after Taylor Swift, you're talking about Kings of Leon and all this stuff. Um, how, how did you, I, I want to talk a little bit about your musical upbringing cause I don't know if it's something you've talked about a whole lot. Um, obviously there was some point in your life where you kind of found punk rock or you found Probably underground me. music. Um, yeah. No problem. Uh, sorry, my daughter. That's fine, man. <laughs> but, Does she uh, want to come on and say hi? Luna, say hello. Hello. Hello, yeah. Luna. That's a little Luna. But, um, yeah, so like I kind of had, uh. A lot of a lot of different vibes going on. Hey, Luna. but um, so like, okay, around middle school, here's where I'll start. I really got into like the Lookout Records scene, like uh, yeah, Screeching uh, Weasel. Oh, Screeching Weasel, <laughs> the Mr. T experience, right? like all this kind of like underground, like punk rock stuff. And I used to buy the compilations, you know, like Hopeless compilations and all the uh, Lookout Records, and there's this one called Punkzilla with Nitro Records and yeah. bands like AFI and stuff. You know, I started getting into, like, kind of more specific, like, kind of the Warp Tour scene. I remember getting a Warp Tour compilation, like, the 2002 or 2003, you know. Heard bands like Taking Back Sunday for the first time, brand new. And then I kind of, like, I went through this phase where I kind of rejected a lot of the like poppier stuff, like as I was getting older and I started getting into like the bouncing souls and some yeah. more like comeback kid, more punk rock stuff. And I really love Scott during that time, like Streetlight Manifesto oh, and Catch 22. 
so yeah, I went on a weird journey through music and, uh, I don't know, growing up, I eventually got to like, when I was playing songs, you know, they put us in kind of like the emo scene and like listen to a lot of that stuff. And then now I'm just an old guy listening to like Kings of Leon and Taylor Swift and See, the national. <laughs> my, my story is very similar to yours. Like, I mean, I, before I, you know, that I got into, uh, I was into like metal and stuff and Metallica and Guns N' Roses, but then same thing for me, it was the fat records compilations. Um, oh yeah. And, and, Ho- and hopeless records as well. And those bands, um, that really like got me into, you know, punk rock and the scene and local shows and all that stuff. But I haven't lost that at all, man. Like I still, you'll still see me. Like I went to see Lagwagon a couple months ago, like by myself. Oh, you know nice. what I mean. So That's I'm still, awesome. I'm still fully in. So I kind of wonder how you just like lose that. I, I mean, obviously, I do like some of the stuff that's more mainstream, but I like not lost my love for, you know, I'm thinking of other like bands on Lookout Records, uh, like the Queers, I guess. Were they on Lookout Records? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, the Queers. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, like, like that scene. I, I like still love that stuff. You know. Yeah, I definitely still love it. I would totally go see that band, those bands. I just like. I feel like I just don't listen to that much music. Like, I wish I listened to more music, you know? Like, every once in a while, a band will come on, like, come on that I love, and I'll, uh, you know, listen to the album a bunch of times, and then I kind of just, like, go back to not listening to music for a while, you know? Like, I just kind of go through these weird phases. Like, because I also love, like, uh, podcasts and, like, Howard Stern. I listen to a lot of Howard Stern. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I love listening to, like, talk stuff, you know, like, I'll just put on talk radio and just listen to it for hours. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, know? you. I'm with you, man. I listen to a lot of sports talk radio, actually. So, um, oh, nice. Yeah, so, I, I mean, yeah, it's funny. No, I, I guess, like, what happens is, I think at some at some point in your 20s, you know, for probably for you and me, both, you just get so into music and you're trying to have a band and you're trying to get big and you're trying to get these tours and, and then you just get burnt out on it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I I definitely got mad burnt burnt out on all of it, man. It is tiring. Like like people don't know what it's like, like what it does to your like head. You know, it's like you get worn out sometimes. You know, yeah. And if you don't like take care of yourself and take care of what you need to take care of, like you'll drive yourself fucking crazy. <laughs> you know. No, totally. Well, you know, yeah. Your your band. I mean, it was when you guys were out about you know touring and stuff. I just remember you guys just, it seemed like you were always dropping off tours. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, like you're dropping off the Hits, Hit the Lights tour and the Tonight Alive tour and the Versa Emerge tour. And, and like these are just ones off the top of my head I remember. Um, yeah. Like, it seemed like you guys had a lot of problems and struggles. And I don't know what those were, if you can comment on those, if those were internal problems, if they were business things. Um, health issues, like like, what was going on, and why do you think you guys had such a difficult time, uh, you know, making it making it work? Um, I I think a lot of it was like, yeah, there was a internal struggle in the band, like me and uh, the guitarist, like you know, we just like had a rough relationship, and uh, it was just like we would just wear out. Like, I feel like after every fucking album we wrote, we just broke up. Cause like we put so much of ourselves into it and we were just, you know, like fighting back and forth about this and that. And it was just like every time around, it just came to like, Oh, we're, we're going to peace out for now. But actually like, so like the t- tonight alive one, 
that wasn't our fault. They like offered us some money and then they said, uh, actually we can't pay you this money. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. so we had to do that. Versa emerged. Yeah. There was a fight, which I wasn't in the room for, but between my old guitarist, Cody and, uh, the dude from Versa emerged and I don't know, like they said stuff back and forth and then we like had to leave the venue. And then, so yeah, we went home after that and, yeah, wow. it was just like, yeah. And right before they hit the light store, like we broke up as a band, basically. Yeah. We just didn't ever like really tell anyone or like talk about it because we were like, you know, maybe someday I'll just, you know, blow over and we'll get back together. Right. So it was like we kept just breaking up and it was just problem after problem. And now it's like coming back and without him in it, it's just like we're all passive dudes like we just chill like everything's really good right now so i think uh hopefully you know like we can keep doing this as long as possible but, absolutely you know also as you know like i said it, it's hard being in a band you know <laughs> it is man it's i fucking know rough. i know very well <laughs> well yeah i mean you bring up cody a couple times and in, in the rough relationships and the, and the rocky relationship with him and you know it seemed like when you guys were together, he was kind of, in a way, the spokesman of the band. I know he had a lot lot to do with the business side of the band. Um, and, you know, he was, I guess he was the original member or whatever. And I think that it took the spotlight off you, but maybe not in the best way. To where it seemed like it was kind of like his band and you were like his sort of puppet. And, and um, what was that like for you when you guys were, were together working um, and obviously I know part of why you left the band was, was because you were like, well, this dude is robbing us blind. Uh, yeah, yeah. and then it turned out that he not only was robbing you guys blind, but he was literally charged with burglary, uh, a couple years after. So it doesn't seem like he was very above board. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was very like, I don't know, just like. He's he's got his own like uh, situation in his life. Like I love the dude, talented guy. Like I wish him the best of luck. But it's just like we we just can't exist in the, in the same universe anymore, you know. <laughs> right. And like I mean, we grew up together. I mean, like I knew him since we were like young teenagers, and we were just always. I don't know. He just always kind of like pushed me to to do it and to go along the ride with him, you know, and he was always like the, the more dominant one in the band always, uh, yeah, doing the business decisions. And I would, uh, you know, like I would write all the melodies and lyrics and we'd come up with progressions together and come up with ideas together. And he was just, we would just always just bounce stuff off of each other. You know, we were like that team of like, Oh, is this cool? Yeah, that's cool. Let's do this. Let's do that. And we kind of just always bounced the music off each other and wrote together for years. But like along with that came like, you know, when you're working on an album and everyone's looking at you as the singer to be like, well, why isn't the song done? You know, like mm -hmm. one of my problems, <laughs> one of my problems is, a, is like a songwriter is like, God, I drive myself fucking crazy with these songs, you know, like sitting there for like 14 hours, like just repeating like a 30 second loop, trying to figure out what I want to do, you know, and like <laughs> everyone's looking at me and it, it got 
like very like him being like, you got to do this. Come on. Like, you know, right. And I, I think a lot of that, like energy of like, come on, like there's a lot of weight on me, you know, and especially from him. And it just like, it always turned out in very negative situations, you know, like it was right. just always blow ups or this or that. And well, it's just, it's rough being a singer. Like, you know, you have this podcast lead singer, <laughs> lead singer syndrome and, here we are, you know. Here we yeah. are talking about how how hard our lives are. I know, but um, well, you talk. I mean, you you put Cody in pretty decent light. I mean, considering uh, what it seems like happened, um, and that's. I mean, you know, I I taking the high road. I respect you for doing that, but in a way, you I mean he's not he's not a part of the the project anymore. He's not going to be in the band. Obviously, you're going to be working on music with other people and in yourself. Um, so that's going to be a change. Um, but don't you feel almost like you kind of need to shit talk him so people understand like what you went through and that this is a necessary thing for the dangerous summer to exist now? I mean, I, I really like, I, uh, I don't want to be negative anymore. You know, like, Mm-hmm. He like I know everything that he does. It's not him, you know. Like everything that he did, and every way he's fucked over me and everyone, and like that he's ever fucked over, which is a lot of fucking people. I know it's not him, and like I hope he can get past this point in his life. You know, like I truly like you know I can't exist in a world with him, but like I would never, you know, like right. Tell, tell the world what he did, you know, like it, I'm, I'm confident in myself to just say like, I'm past that. And I really am past that. Like, I'm really just trying to write the best music I can as the dangerous summer, you know, like that's all I know. And that's what I'm going to keep doing, you know, but we just can't exist, you know? <laughs> no, I, I think that's fine. I mean, I, you put that very eloquently. That's, that's great. I mean, you know, but he was saying things like, I think the one thing I read, uh, well, I read it years ago when it happened, when you guys, you know, broke up. But but I read it again yesterday when I was just kind of doing a little research on you. He literally says something like in a statement about like I hope you know I hope his child doesn't see him like that. You know, uh, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. Like, I mean, to me, that's uh, like that's <laughs> the kind of shit like I would never get over. You know, like yeah, like you, you know, oh, and, bringing and, your family and, to it. Oh, and there's the it, it's way worse. Like. Anything that the world knows, it's a hundred times worse. But it's like, like I said, like, I'm way past it. You know, like, I'm just like, I'm all positivity. I'm good vibes. Like, I'm, I'm just looking at the future and I'm, I'm pumped about the future. Like, I don't have time yeah. to dwell, dwell in the past and even good. think about him. Like, well, no, but, but of course, like, you know, people remember you. It's the same band name. You know, you're still the front man. Um, like, is there any yeah, concern? Yeah. Like, you know, you guys probably developed a bit of a reputation. I'm sure a lot of it was Cody's fault, um, yeah, you know, yeah. but still like, you know, that there might be a little bit of, you know, the promoters might not remember or not, might not know that, you know, like those kinds of people that you need to be like, Hey, we're back. And like, sorry about four or five years ago, you know? Yeah. No, I mean like, I don't know. Like one of the things coming back and like people are saying, Hey, do you want to play these shows? Do you want to play these festivals and stuff? And I said, I just want to lead with an album. Like, so we immediately just started writing the album. 
And that's really all I feel like I can offer people is just the best music I, I can make. And that's all yeah. I'm going to do, you know, like I'm leading with my heart. My heart's in this album that I just made. And that's, that's what I have to offer the world. And like, you know, if, if people don't love us because of something that happened in the past, like suck it, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, of course, I mean, man. in civil terms, like, I mean, it's just like, I'm just trying to make music. Yeah, like I, I'm like, I'm sorry about all the shit that happened, but it's like, shit, I, I'm moving forward. You know, like you're either with me or like, you know, like I'm sorry. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I, I think it's really actually smart to do that. Cause if you think about it, right? Like, sure. A bunch of time has passed. Um, you know, a lot of people have just found out about your band. A lot of people have missed you and sure you could go out and you could play, you know, the hits, the songs that people have discovered, people know, um, not play any new material, um, maybe have a promise of it coming, but you've seen how that works out. Like, band does a reunion, it's huge because everyone's missed it, then like, okay, we're going to go work on an album, and then when by the time they're done the album, by the time they're back, it's old news. Like, you know what I mean? People aren't excited about the band anymore. So yeah, exactly. for you guys to do that, it's almost like okay, we're just gonna pick up where we left off. Well, we did we did golden golden record. We uh, we toured on it a little bit. Now we're gonna put out a new record and we're gonna tour on it a little bit. And yes, we'll sure we'll play our old stuff, but we're gonna play new stuff too. I think it's yeah. a smart approach, and it's it's also like not you know I think that the chase the money, get the festival offers, play the big reunion shows. I think that that is very short sighted. Yeah, and, and also I feel like we didn't really finish our story, you know, like our story's not over. Like right. I feel like this next album, you know, like this is like the continuation. Like I don't I don't want people to feel like, oh, remember that band that used to be a band? Like I want people to be like, Oh, they're coming out with a new album, you know. Yeah. It took it took Lord four years to make an album. Why can't it take us four years? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like, mean like so, Dr. Dre so, Dr. Dre Dre didn't break up and come back, you know? Yeah, he, exactly, you know. He just was, you know, doing other things for a minute, you know. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point too. Um you know, being a family man now, you know, having the having Luna and and Taylor, um you know, and your family are you a little bit scared about, you know, you're going out east, you're making a record, you're going to be spending time away from that, you're going to go on tour, you're going to do some stuff. Is that a little bit scary for you now that you've kind of, obviously you're a bit of a different person than you were the last time you, uh, you know, were on a tour bus? Yeah, it's it's definitely like, uh, it's going to be nuts, you know. But like, so we finished the album in July. Oh, it's done. Okay. And like, yeah, yeah, so the album's actually done. So... Uh, I was working the nine to five, you know, and I, like my original plan was like, yeah, I'm gonna just tour when I can. Like, I'll just take vacation days and like, you know, my company's real cool. They were like giving me the days and stuff. And then it kind of reached a point, And like, once the album was finished, it was like, we need to like really do this. You know, we need to really like put our energy into it. Like yeah. I, I truly believe it. And that's the problem is like, you know, like you make this stuff and it's like, it's bigger than you. It sucks you in, you know, you just start to feel all these feelings and maybe it's like, you know, smoke that I'm blowing, but it's like, I just feel the energy and I feel like, you know, it's one of those like field of dream moments, you know, like if you build it, they will come, you know? And I'm just like, 
fuck, I have to build the fucking baseball field, man. Like, I have to do it. He's coming. (laughs) So it's like, that's kind of where I'm at. And it's like, God damn it, man. It's like, they say like this music world, it's like prison, you know, like you can't go home. (laughs) (laughs) That's such a funny reference. I remember, I'll never forget. So uh, when I was in like college, my first year, uh, I, I was never really like a show promoter or anything, but like, you know, I helped out here and there with some, with some friends and this tour was supposed to come through like my hometown and it was, uh, well, Ludacris, which was before Norma Jean, they were called Ludacris. Um, really? And, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. And, um, shit, who else was on it? Uh, lap band living sacrifice and, oh, and Zayo and Zayo. And so I was wow. like, I don't know if I should do it. Like the package wants like a thousand dollars. I was like, I don't know if I can do it, whatever. And somebody said to me, if you book it, bros will come. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and did they? Uh, well, uh, the, the tour got canceled before I was uh, oh, able to book shit. it. So, uh, we don't know about the bros coming, but I still, whenever I hear that reference, you know, if you build, they will come. I always think of. Of if you book it, bros will come. So, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, have you guys announced? And pardon my ignorance, but have you guys announced any shows yet? An album release date? Anything like that? New song? All right. So, so we actually like after we finished the album, we booked three shows, and we just played them last weekend. So we did like uh, two Baltimore shows and a Pittsburgh show. We did like. Uh, direct support for Taking Back Sunday in our hometown, which was so sick. And nice. then we did uh, a headliner like in Baltimore where we just played like a million fucking songs. And then uh, we went up to Pittsburgh and did like this little festival at the starting line, State Champs guys and everything. So we just been uh, doing those three shows and then we're going to do a headliner when our album comes out early next year. So like January, I think we're going to just have everything like boom album comes out tour everything like basically it kind of sucks because it's like we have our album like we've been listening to it but we have to wait like three months to get it out yeah. <laughs> you know but it's just like the label wants time management wants time they, they're like we need at least 12 weeks to build this up and it's just like i guess that's you know it is what it is like, well aj fucking. aj they need they need 12 weeks to press the vinyl now that's a thing man Oh, is that vinyl? Is so vinyl is so popular. A lot of people don't know this. Vinyl is so popular, but there's only so many pressing plants that it takes really? like forever. So if they want to have the vinyl ready to go when the record comes out, they need a shitload of time. Yeah, that's true. Oh my god, I had no clue about yeah, that. There you go. Um, how did it feel to be back on stage, dude? It felt amazing. It was just like. It felt like nothing's ever changed, you know, right, like yeah. even walking into the room together to play these songs again. It's like, I mean, God, we've played these songs a million times. Like I didn't miss a beat, you know, like we just started practicing and it just felt good again. And just to hear people singing again at us, it's just like, wow, like nothing's changed. You know, <laughs> like It's fucking cool, man. I'm pumped. Feeling good, feeling real good. No, I love it. I love it. It's awesome, and I've been a big fan of your band since your first record, and it's really great. Thanks um, so that much, you guys man. Back. Um, so yeah, you say you said early on in the in the um, in the interview, like you don't have no idea how big your band is. Like when you guys did this headlining show in Baltimore, was it just like 
crazy, like people hanging from the ceiling. Like, like was it just incredible? It was awesome. So what we did was uh, it was only like a 240 cap venue, and right. we just we just announced it real quick, and it sold out in like 30 minutes. And then we just like so there's only like a certain amount of people that could be there. Like yep. honestly, they could have fit like 300 something people. You know, like it's one of sure. those rooms and. But it was fucking amazing. Everyone singing along, and, like the energy was just fucking perfect. It was it was unreal, you know. And to play all like the old shit, like we could play like you know, we played actually most of our first record, Reach for the Sun. Like we played like eight out of eleven songs or nice. nine out of eleven songs, and then you know, like it's funny because like now coming back, like we played like eight songs I've reached with something like five off war paint, like two off <laughs> golden record. It's like now, like the way we stack songs, like, I mean, so many people want to hear the old shit too. You know, so of course. we, we got to give it to them, you know? Well, it was pretty well documented on your last record. Your voice was different. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. And, and it was, it was a lot, you know, raspy, um, yeah, you know, very raspy. Yeah. What was, what's the story behind that? And like, um, how, how is it holding up now? Is it obviously you've had some time to rest it? Yeah. I mean, actually, so like, what's funny is like my whole problem with writing music is like, I was writing those songs in the studio and I was at a very like strained point with like the band situation. And I remember getting sick in the studio and also like I recorded all the vocals like in the last two days or three oh, days. No. And yeah. so it's just like everything leading up to that. And then also on top of that is like one of the things with like, you know, uh, my thing with Cody is he was like, nah, like I'm like, we're not changing the key on this song. And I'm like, but I just read the melody and it's so high. I'm like, please, like, please let's right. change it. So like, like a song, like, I don't know if you know the record well, but like miles apart, like it's, it's always been my dream to like, re-record that song in like a really nice key you know like and on this record i spent so much time like picking the keys and i i literally like we we were in the studio for two weeks and i would record a song like pretty much every day or every two days you know like i'd slowly work my way through the album over the period and i think that that made my voice sound so much better and actually it's funny like when i play these shows like this past weekend, like, so we played our first show back with taking back Sunday, 3000 people sold out. <laughs> it was a fucking awesome show. I partied until 6am. <laughs> <laughs> I like fucking rage so hard. I was so fucked up. I was, I was hanging out with Brian from have mercy. I know you know him. Yep. Right? Yep. Great. Uh, dude. Oh man. We were just raging all night. So the next I woke up, my voice is just fucking dead. And so, like, I, I had a rough time on Saturday and Sunday, but I ripped through it. Like, I, I was happy with the way it turned out. But it's just like, yeah, I, I need to take better care of my voice. That's that, that's the moral of the story. Right. And also, when recording albums, like, I learned I need to space it out. And I need to write the album more ahead of time. Like, I used to go into, like, the studio with, like, one or two demos and be like, yeah, I'm just going to, like, write the rest while we're here, like just dig it out of myself. And well, sometimes know. that works though. I mean, like, like I'm, I'm kind of a pressure guy. Like I've written a lot of my best lyrics literally the night before I had to record them. 
Yeah, it is always that, isn't it? It's it like happens to some me. Some of the best shit, yeah. Yeah, but then you talk about sitting on your couch for 14 hours with a 30-second loop. I mean, that isn't always going to work for you, it sounds like, the way you work. Exactly. That's the thing is, like, I kind of, like, mix it up. And honestly, like, the, the way that I found with this record, like, uh, so I've been getting slowly into, like, doing more, like, the freestyle thing. I don't know if you, like, ever just get on the mic and just, like, jam out and just, like, kind of start singing out melodies loud, like, Yeah, practice, some, sometimes it can really, you can come up with things you never would like work out, you know, more, um, exactly. Scientifically. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, totally. You get, you get the feeling. So like I did a lot of freestyling and a lot of times like, uh, with the older records, like we would write entire songs without melodies and then I'd be fitting stuff on top. Yeah. And I've learned over time that like, I like to make the progression of melody together, like at the same time before I bring it to that stage of, you know, being a, an actual song. Like, yeah, I, I don't like writing to music as much. anymore. I like just pouring it out together. You know, it needs to, it's like that marriage is supposed to happen and you feel it. It really becomes like a song once you feel that like certain energy, you know? No, I, I totally know what you mean. And I think like a lot of bands, like I, you know, I talk to bands all the time on this show and I would say a, a vast majority of them still do that. Like they pretty much write, all the music like one one guy that that i was surprised was um vic from pierce the veil you know oh, yeah, uh, yeah. they write they pretty much write the whole record like instrumentally and they don't even think about the vocals yeah that's how we used to be too <laughs> and then they're like okay well and, and, like, and he's kind of like and he defended it but i mean they're a great band and he's he's amazing uh so you know whatever works for for them but like you know, he he's just like, yeah. Well, we we know it's gonna work. We know the music's great. So I and I know like the chords, like the music makes sense. So I know I can yeah. I know I can put something over it. Kind of like, you know, if you have a good chord progression, you can put a good you can put a guitar lead on it. Yeah, so exactly. It's kind of like the same vibe. So I get it, but I also totally get your vibe too. Um, like, how yeah. many times have you? Like, I'm sure back in the day when you were a kid. You know, in younger, in, in, in you know, smaller bands, and and I did this in some of my projects too. It's like you work on the music, and then you're so used to hearing the chords played in a certain way. It'd be like, well, what if I write a melody where if the chords are switched, like inverted, like you go to you go to D in, first instead of going to C first or whatever, the melody's better. Yeah, but exactly. you're so used to hearing the music, like practicing it over and over again that way, that no one wants to change it. Yeah, oh, 100%. That's that's like the whole demo-itis thing. Man. Yeah, demo-itis, that, exactly. That shit gets crazy, man. Especially like, man, when you're listening to like, even like our demos from this album, like, oh, I like the demo better sometimes. And I'm like, fuck, you know? <laughs> like, the things start to become ingrained in your head and you're like, I need it to be like that. Like, that's why even like, so like Matt, our guitarist on this one, he was like, you know, like I'm kind of waiting for more of the leads because I don't want to put something down because then we have to use it. Like we're going to be listening to these songs so many fucking times. Like yeah. it's going to be ingrained in us and then we're not going to like want to change it. You know, like you really get it that in your head. I know. It's hard to break free from that. <laughs> it is. It is hard to break free from that. No, I think like this, this record, this last Silverstein record we did, we didn't end up doing this, but 
our producer wanted to, and I totally understand why. Um, he wanted us to record the drums last. Really? Wow, and, that's cool. And he and he <laughs> said that because he's like, well, pretty much, you know, the vocals are the thing that is, that is usually getting figured out as you go. You don't have every vocal line. You don't know how long you're going to hold every note. You know what I mean? You don't know where the backup vocals are going to go exactly. But yeah. the drums are already pretty much set in stone when you're working that stuff out. But how cool would it be if you could have like, all right, I'm going to hold this note for like two bars and right when the vocal cuts, that's when the drum fill starts. Not yeah. not like, not like, well, I'm going to cut it early because the drum fill starts a bar early, but I'd rather the note go longer and, you know, so. Wow, so that's, that's a, awesome. Yeah. So, so a lot of the stuff he's recording and his name, his, shout out to Derek Hoffman. Um, a lot of stuff nice. he's recording now, he's basically doing, doing, recording everything to a click and to uh, like program drums. Yeah, and then and then kind of programming as he goes what the drums are going to do and changing it, and then at the end the drummer just comes in and bangs it out, and then that way there's nice. no arguments about what the drummer's going to do. Yeah. So damn, it's, that's it's, tight, man. It's super, super uh, unorthodox because every kid ever, it's like, well, you record the drums first, you know, and you got <laughs> and then you got to record the bass and lock in the rhythm section or whatever, like. It, it's, yeah, I it's don't kind believe of, in that. I don't that's, believe in that's that either. Stupid. I know. It's Actually, stupid. But, but on a lot this of people last think that. record, on this last record, like I was like, dude, like let's leave the bass like for a while because, like, honestly, like I mean, people always like make fun of me all the time, but like I don't consider myself like a bassist, you know? Like, bass is kind of <laughs> like the tool that I use, you know? Like, I don't do anything crazy on the bass. Like, I stick to my progressions. I stick to like what. The progression is and like during the whole record i was like nah let's just do it later so like bass was like the last thing we record on the album yeah we're just like we we're just like fuck it just put it off and i was like telling the producer i was like you just want to record the bass like i don't have time for this right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know like I, I hate to be like that but it's like i'm a singer i'm, I'm a lyricist and i write melodies and progressions like oh, to man. me like a bass, bass players, is a tool, you know? Bass players all over the world right now are, like, shaking their head and being like, AJ, dude, come on, throw me a bone. Yeah. Come like, on. this guy. <laughs> oh, man. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't even own a bass. Like, I sold my <laughs> bass after the thing. And I, I just have an acoustic guitar. I write everything on my one acoustic guitar. And then uh, I just pick up the bass when I need to, you know, for live, whatever. So just borrow one from the opening band, whatever. <laughs> actually and so coming back i i just got endorsed by this company dream studio guitars so they hooked me up with the bass so shout out to them there you go shout out to them yeah. well dude i won't i don't want to take up too much more of your time um i've really enjoyed talking to you man and i'm really excited to hear this new record send me over a song whatever you can anytime anytime you can or i'll just bug dude, Eric I will, for it. Man. uh but yeah, i, no, I i'm I stoked you, and, and all the best moving forward all the best with the family um, and, dude, and thank again, you, man. Just thank you for taking the time, dude. It's been awesome. Yeah, let's play some shows sometime. Let's, let's hang out. Do it. I'm ready, man. All right, man. AJ, thanks so much, man. All right, man. You have, have a great night. Yeah, take care. You too. All right, see ya. see ya. So there it is with AJ. Great conversation. Thanks again so much, my friend, for doing that. And dude, a new Dangerous Summer record is coming out, and maybe I've even heard some of it uh thanks again aj for that and it's amazing how much the music industry really has changed over the last four years but i think 
he's going to have a great time coming back and, and with some more mature bandmates and, and obviously Cody not being a part of the band anymore and it does seem like those two really did collide. I wish I could play you a new Dangerous Summer song. A part of me just wants to ruin my whole career right now and play one, but I won't do that. I'm going to play a song that's one of my favorites from their first record, and I've actually used the music in the podcast on some of those little, you know, those little episodes where I say, there's no episode this week, but Happy New Year, or whatever it is. Um, I've used this music before because I think this intro guitar part is fucking cool as hell. So here, check it out. I'm not going to talk over the music. I'm going to let this one just come in so you can hear the whole intro of the song. Here is The Permanent Rain HD on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. We'll see you next week. You was
Asla 